0: You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind the bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan. Leader of the band, Buff and Tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, Dahl. Hey, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, live from Portland, Oregon, in the great Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Dave Dahl. And you may know me as the creator and co-founder of Dave's Killer Bread, or who knows, maybe you were my Sally in the joint, motherfucker. So that was was then and this is now. For those of you listening live, go to the Dave Doll Facebook and watch live video. But keep listening on your podcast app, because the sound is a lot better. This way, you can participate by typing in questions for my guest and myself. With me in the studio, as usual, is my little partner in crime, Lad Justison. Hey, Lad. Lad, uh,
1: tell everybody what you've been up to. Well, Dave, there's a lot going on lately. You've been working my ass off, and uh, we're really doing some cool things in your apartment on the big high-rise downtown Portland. We've got uh, some really cool shelves and some pedestals and stands and stuff going for uh, your African art, kind of making the place look sharp just want to remind everybody that uh, on the 21st of this month, you can see it on Facebook, but we have a concert coming up with Peggy Hogue Real Estate, and we're going to be down raising some money, selling some of the African art uh, to raise money for Central City Concern. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Uh, and the Killer Granddaddy is going to be playing, um, and uh, we're just looking forward to that. Also, Oboe Addy um, is a, a group from uh, Ghana, West Africa and they're going to be playing there too and so this is going to be a pretty cool event uh with us today in the studio is william dub travis three did i see that William one? travis the third there we go three. yeah yeah baby dub runs dubs st john's which had its roots in hip-hop culture and its fan base for its famous chicken and waffles okay the hip-hop culture and its fan base for its famous chicken and waffles before moving on to its current location it was known as mac and dubs chicken
2: and waffles is that right so um yeah what <clears throat> kind of way it turned out i had a, a partner uh, j mac who was with a group from Portland called the U-Crew. They had a big hit record called "Viewer Viewer Mine. And me and my boy, because I'm a music producer as well, we started that restaurant, Mac and Dubs, excellent chicken and waffles.
0: Hey, that's cool. Yeah. So actually after that, okay, uh, they were part of a marijuana-themed hip-hop uh, duo. Yes. Named, uh, you guys were a duo. Yeah. Called Mac and Dub, mm-hmm. and the Smoking Section. And the Smoking Section. I like it.
2: So the restaurant Mac and Dub's excellent chicken and waffles um, got uh, burned down. It was a we were a victim of arson in 2012. Now that is a very interesting subject. Can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, man. Uh, well, it's like the day before. Thanksgiving in 2012, I got a call um, in the middle of the night uh, from the fire chief, I guess, and saying I needed to get down there. The place was on fire. I get down there, <clears throat> and it was literally burning to the ground. Uh, yeah. But uh, there were some real derogatory shit uh, painted inside the courtyard. And um, so... Where was this located at? Right on MLK, between Fremont and Beach. Hmm. Um, And what did... Um, did you at least get some like fried chicken out of the deal? Or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was pretty devastating because, um, like I say, well, I'm a musician, so uh, part of the in my office, I had a studio set up, and we'd lo- end up losing 13 years worth of recordings. Yeah. So you know, you can't ever replace that kind of stuff, you know. So oh, that yeah. was like the biggest loss to me, and then our, um, you know, everything inside there got scorched. Yeah. And then they didn't renew the lease uh, bec- behind it. And then uh, that's what led to Mac and Dub in the smoking section because uh, just kind of for therapy, we went in the studio and we made this CD called Potlandia. <laughs> right? And just started um, touring, doing yeah. all the hemp shows on the coast. Have you heard of that one?
0: I haven't. Yeah, it's a pretty cool name.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. So.
0: That was was very suspicious. Uh, You kind of maybe sort of halfway know who did it, but uh, of course you can't really prove
2: that. I mean, you know, there's always the suspicions. I mean, there was some disgruntled employees, and you know, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that was really kind of a little bit crazy. We love love our women, but boy, can they be vindictive. Yeah, but you know, hell has no fury, right? But um. So, I, you know, I couldn't prove it, and there's still no—the uh, case got closed without finding a, a culprit. I'd say that.
1: But you yeah. know, Dave, uh, like so many of uh, our stories of redemption and second chances, down, but not out. Dub St. John's opened their own brick-and-mortar location in January of 2018. Mm-hmm. One five-star Yelp review. Review from Burton S. Said the signature fried chicken dinner with bow ties and cheese and garlic mashed potatoes is the kind of meal that invades your dreams in the most delicious way.
2: <laughs> I've never read that. That sounds pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> Our
1: producers look that up. You know, they try to find something interesting to to kind of give us a kind of an introduction. But that's sure. cool. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. How, is, how did you, you know... You obviously were doing this for a long time before. Where did all that start? And, and uh, you know, we have you on here because, you know, obviously you've been in trouble before. So tell us how that relates.
2: Um, okay, so I'm from a big family. I'm the oldest of eight. Mom's one of nine. Grandma one of 11. So there's a lot of cooking going on <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I also grew up, uh, I'm African-American growing up in the city of Portland. And uh, sometimes uh, the opportunities that you're seeking out wasn't just available, so just look for uh, an alternative route to make it. I did a lot of crazy shit growing up. Uh, ended up being out in Pendleton, I did EOCI, at uh, this little piece at OSP. And, um, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm all about change, right? I'm all about trying to uh, not be the same person I was even yesterday. So yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so constant just, improvement. Constant improvement, man. You know. So um, I know how to cook. Uh, it was, and it just started out kind of as a hustle. You know, I was promoting shows and different stuff, and um, I fell into a catering gig up at OHSU. So I started a catering company. A guy came into a place where I was doing a show. He said he needed some, I know I need a catering, a caterer. And I was like, what are you looking for? I need uh, to do 10 meals for uh, perioperative medicine. So the next day I went and started a catering company. Mm -hmm. Went down to the Secretary of State, filled out the paperwork, boom, catering company. You know, uh, Multnomah County, find out all the regulations, what to do. Huh, catering company. Yeah, you, you know,
0: you figured out what you needed to do, and you got it done.
2: Yeah, that's so what you got to do. Do you so remember what the menu was on that? Uh, yeah. Uh, all, all different things. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was. I tried to do something that was kind of simple, so I just did some uh, grilled chicken and rice and some veg some veggies. And and shot it up there. They were happy. I did a few more things after that, and and then uh, got recommended to a couple of other departments. And then I started to need uh, more uh, space to do it. So I rented uh, out the location over there at Mac and Dubs, right, the chicken and waffle place, um, and and that kind of like parlayed into me getting the restaurant. The guy that leased us the space, didn't have the authority to lease the space out, and he tried to renege on us uh, after we did the work in there. It ended up the people that were leasing to him kicked him out, but we had a contract with the guy, so I ended up acquiring a building. And, hey. uh
0: Hey, uh, real quick here for those of you knuckleheads that haven't figured out how to uh, use the podcast app yet, um, do that so you can actually hear this podcast a little better. Uh, it's all about the podcast app, and um, you know, and if you have an iPhone, it's right there on your screen. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, I was hearing Dub. Dub said something that caught my attention big time, and that's um, that's change. Yeah, and that's constant improvement. And, uh, so that, you know, we kind of skipped right to what he's up to nowadays, which is very cool, Mm -hmm. but, and some of the things that led up to that, but we want to get back to, um, you know, where it all began and and go from there. I know you said you had a lot of family Mm -hmm. and that's cool. I mean, I think it's cool, uh, cool. (laughs) but, uh, I don't have that many, um, but you know, what what got you, you know, were you an innocent little kid, or were you always kind of a troublemaker? How did this all I work I
2: never out? really was a troublemaker, man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I grew up watching a lot of movies, mm-hmm. right? And um, <clears throat> so one day I, I thought, I'm going to start a gang. Gangster. <laughs> right, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm watching Bogey, you know. I'm watching all the old gangster flicks. And, and a West Side Story actually stuck with me and I'm like, I'm gonna start a game. Well, that's back in the day. That's back in the day. I'm a little cat and you know, I'm fifty four, so <laughs> nice. so I said, uh I'm thinking. I'm like, okay. I got a bunch of buddies that I played basketball with and you know, I went to school with and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah. What how did how's that gonna how's that gonna work? Right? And then what am I gonna do? Mm. Right? How old were you then? I'm like thirteen, right? Like thirteen years old, but I'm not. You grew up in uh, northeast. Yeah, yeah. North northeast Portland. Mm -hmm. You know, I I went to a beach, Humboldt King. uh, I graduated from Jefferson. Graduated. That's better than I did. Oh well, you know what, man? Uh, My family is all about education. Good. But I grew up in my home uh, was uh, kind of abusive, right? Mm -hmm. And so I got out, and, you know, when people are kind of, like, trapped in whatever uh, whatever uh, environment that they're in, when you get out on your own, you try to, boom, escape it. That's like a lot of times dads are, like, put the chastity belt on their daughters, and they turn out and be strippers, right, yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's the same way with guys. You you explode, and you go out there, and you're doing all kind of crazy shit. So I started—I mm-hmm. I, I did some some stupid stuff. I, I ended up getting a a forgery charge, right? And how old were you then? Uh, 18. Just mm-hmm. like fresh out so of high you're adult. school. I'm you an were an adult. Yeah, I didn't have any kind of record as a kid. Mm-hmm. First thing, I get this forgery charge, and then that kind of just led into one thing into another, and then kind of like messing around with drugs. You know? Plus you're meeting people that, that are I'm hanging out in, in downtown. Yeah. You know, this is before Pioneer Square. So I'm hanging out in the downtown. There's a lot of shit going on in downtown, mm-hmm. right? And all my friends are involved in this and that and the third. And so I'm, you know, you hanging out with the crowd, you're gonna be involved in some stuff. Well, um, I ended up uh, started using. Um, I did a lot. This is during the 80s. Cocaine, so, heroin, lot, no, no heroin, lots of cocaine, mm-hmm. oh, like lots and lots and lots of cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where uh, it just got. Control of me just like it does everybody else. Sure. Um, I ended up doing five years. <clears throat> During that time of me being in jail, or a lot of those times going back and forth, I used to always say, Oh, I'm never coming back. But I get out and do shit to come right back. And then one time after the, when I did the five years, which was kind of messed up because I didn't really do the charge that time. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, the one time that I got stretched out, I didn't actually do it. But but think about that, right, just for one
0: second. It, that's I used to always think that, well, you know, I got busted for this, and I didn't even really do it. But then, I, you know, later on I started thinking, well, how many things did I not
2: get busted exactly. for? Exactly. So, so it just kind, kind of comes like around the karma, goes around. Right? Yeah. So uh, that last time, I uh, I was like, okay, this is it, and the only way to not go back to jail is to not do anything to go to jail. And so from that point, I just kind of made a real conscious effort to be a better person, you know, to not get involved in and anything. And how old were you at this point? Uh, that was like 20 years ago, man. 20 years ago. So yeah. you were in your 30s. Yeah, I was in my 30s. Okay. Yeah, probably like 33, Yeah. 34 years old. I was 38 30. when I
0: started figuring stuff out. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, you know... The first uh, couple decades of your life, that's all you're doing is figuring it out, man. And if you don't have, like, a positive role model, like, right there, a man, for men, you know what I mean? Mom can tell you all kinds of stuff, man. But we're growing. We're going through our puberties and turning into men, so we're kind of, like, rebellious anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have, like, a real positive role model right there in your life, you can go astray, you know? So... Did you ever struggle with uh, things like
0: depression or any, any of that? Or was that just maybe just some, some bad times but not
2: depression? Bad times. You know, when I was depressed was like when um, I actually st- uh, said that I'm not doing drugs no more. Mm. It was like the worst point. Yeah. Because a lot well, of, for most of my life, do. for most of the time that I was doing drugs, nobody could tell. Yeah. You know, because I was a, uh, I was good. good at it. I was good at hiding it. You got a good you know brain. The I mean? brain is kind of, you know, hey, you're you're maintaining. It I'm as maintaining it yeah. as I go. But I was sleeping on a park bench, and I was like, man, fuck that shit. You're in your 20s. You know, yeah. Not like towards 30 something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, I can't do this anymore. And what happened was, I went to go. I took myself to a treatment place. And I go, hey, I'm strung out on drugs. I need some help. This lady goes, um, well, we can't get you in for 90 days. <laughs> I'm like, what? Isn't that the rub? That's, that that, that like, uh, was like um, what's on your mind is what matters, right? And so it's really up to you because if you're going to go to, and I'm not saying this is for everybody because um, it's not. A lot of people actually need group therapy or one-on-one or something. But for me, it was like, uh, it's up to you. Even if you go to this place, it's up to you whether you do it again. So that's how I quit smoking cigarettes. I just like, oh, I'm done. Bow. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I just made that decision, and I stuck to it. How did that feel for the first couple of days? Was that, was that oh, a man. withdrawal? Oh, man, super withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So I started recognizing what the triggers were. Right to make me want to smoke, it was every fucking thing. I was gonna say <laughs> it was just everything, bro. It's waking up. It was going to the bathroom. It was taking a drink of water. It was walking outside. It was getting in my car. Getting out the car. You know what I mean? Taking a shit. It, I was. I was like, wow. Well, you got some good uh,
0: freaking—you got some good stuff to share, that good wisdom, man. I want to hear—so what did you figure out uh, that made you able to quit the smoking? Because that's kind of
2: what I'm going through right now. It was recognizing the triggers, right, and and, and recognizing that, okay, just don't do it for five minutes, Mm -hmm. right? Five at a time. Five minutes, man, right? Mm -hmm. Just like, stop, okay, I want to smoke a cigarette, right? I just got done— Using the bathroom. I want to go outside and smoke a cigarette. Yeah. So I didn't. Right? And then you did it again. And I didn't. And then for like a minute, then it doesn't, after you're doing something else because you didn't go do that. So you're doing something else. And the next thing you know, 20 minutes has gone by. That's it, and right. then you might do something else that's a trigger, like eat a sandwich and you didn't want to go to smoke a cigarette, oh, yeah. right? And then you wait another five minutes. And then, and then you I've, like scratch your nose and it's time and to smoke. And it's time to kind of smoke because yeah. it's the hand in mouth. Yeah. You know, it's all these things because your body, your cells want to help you do what you want to do yeah. better, yeah. right? Everything in your whole soul wants to do what you want to do, yeah. right? And if that's what you want to do, yeah. it's going to help you do it. Right, but if yeah. you if you like ah, that's not what I want to do, then it's gonna have a problem because it's already adjusted to doing that so much, and it's like ah, so then then it starts to adjust to where you're not doing that. You right? know, what, you know what it is uh, with smoking with me um,
0: is that I, I used to smoke. Uh, well, I used to smoke and do everything else that mm-hmm. I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I don't do any of those other things, but those things all were so um, they they. they they got me in trouble they they screwed up my day they you know they made my life fucked up mm-hmm. so um, you know smoking doesn't have that that sort of like oh oh if you smoke you're gonna end up in jail or you're gonna end up mm-hmm. in prison or you're gonna you know whatever and uh so that so it's a it's a different deal where the you know you have to. You have to be a little bit stronger to mm-hmm. do it. And, uh, you know, lad's a weak son of a bitch. Well, you, know,
1: <laughs> you know, Dub, I was wondering, do you think that that theory that you just explained to us would work with Dave and him playing with himself? Because, you know, I mean, it, that's a constant thing with Dave. I mean, well, more know, than anybody I've there, ever seen. There's a seen. lot of triggers there, but... Uh. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I was I was like the personal side of the change, you know, where where something happened. You know, I mean, I know I don't know. You were in prison when you decided that you were going to change and that you're not going to do this anymore. But what what was happening right at that point in your life when when that, you know, there had to be some other things going on around you where you kind of
2: just all of a sudden say, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Well, so I have three daughters. Right, and How a, old are they? Um, so the oldest one's 32. I just had a, a one graduate from Franklin, 18-year-old, and now I've got a 16-year-old, right? Or okay. 15. She's going to be 16. Shout out September. to those young ladies. Absolutely. So the, the oldest one at the time was starting to uh, get to a point, you know, she's like 8, 9, 10 years old, where she can really recognize what's going on. And I always wanted to be like uh, a better dad than what I had. Hmm. You know what I mean. So yeah. that was like that was like the main thing is I want to be a great dad. I want to be there for my daughter. You know, and um, and so that was really a catalyst for me for changing. You know, you're an inspiring dude, man. I'm telling you, I um, you you get it
0: and. Uh, I understand the principles that you're talking about. I've I've dealt with them myself. I've I've succeeded with those principles. Uh, people don't get there by not being accountable. Um, yeah. Accountable to yourself and accountable to whatever uh, to the people that and and the, the community mm-hmm. that, that you live in um and, and of course, you know, getting up in the morning and doing what you got to do,
2: yeah, and not blaming
0: anybody right?
2: you can't man yeah. it's because it's it's you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean it and all cool starts with it, you
0: right what and and the power that that gives you, sure, when you're not saying, hey lad's lad's fault,
2: which it is, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, we can I mean it it
0: all <laughs> it just because <laughs> it, it it's his fault doesn't mean that I am not to blame as well,
2: right, yeah. Uh, just because it's his fault doesn't mean that it's uh, your excuse. Right. It's right? not
0: my excuse. And you know what? I'm the one that has the power to change my life. If I make the decision like you did, I can quit smoking. Um, I haven't made that decision, but it's up to me. Right. And um, I always
2: say, don't, there's no such thing as try. Right. Right?
0: No. You you like you know, I'm going to try
2: either, to either do or don't. That's yeah. just it right there. You can't yeah. try to pick up your phone. You're going to pick it up or you're not. Yeah. You know, either you're going to go to the store. I mean, there's so many actions to getting a cigarette. Mm. Right?
0: Yeah. Everything. Like,
2: like, I hated asking somebody for a cigarette. Mm. Like, I could go buy a cigarette, but I don't want to ask you for a cigarette. So you got to go buy a pack. Right. So you got to go buy a pack. But if, you know, and then I started doing the math on the shit, you know. I started smoking there. when cigarettes were like a dollar a pack, yeah. and there's like six fifty a pack. Yeah. You know, and you're buying those every week. You know, that's you're maybe sometimes two a day. Yeah, right. And that's a lot of money. It, it is. adds up over the course of a year for you to kill yourself. Yeah. Well, the thing is,
0: here's the deal. I've I've become. Um, successful enough that it's a, a minor expense for me so it, i it but had, you're
2: a penny counter yeah <laughs> you wouldn't be successful as you are if you didn't count the pennies well, man I, I count
0: yeah i i do count the pennies when
1: i when i pay lad <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's when i get paid in is pennies <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah how often is that anyway mm-hmm. it, well two or three months you know
0: whenever <laughs> he decides <laughs> so uh go ahead uh and what actually, the reason I was talking to you earlier is because it's your turn to talk about CPA
1: dudes. Well, let's do it then. We'll just jump out on the old CPA dudes. These guys are pretty cool, man. I mean, CPA dudes were accounting is never boring. Dave, can you believe that? Uh, uh, pff, no. That's hard to believe. We're accounting. All right, numbers. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers speaking decide. Peaking, speaking of pennies, counting pennies. That's right. Go ahead. Anyway, their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. That's pennies in Dave's case. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Nice job, lad. Nice. Hey, hey, hey.
0: All right. So, uh, boy, we, we barely got started with our guest. I think this gentleman could write a book about his wisdom what do you think I would
2: like to write a book. Your story day, man you yeah know? Um, I think I do have a story uh I do what i do uh for the community uh, what
0: do you do for i mean do you have any- sp- specific things do you are you involved in community
2: activities um yes actually um so what I do for the community is I talk to kids mm-hmm. you know. I try to actually be a figure in a community that kids can feel like they can come and talk to. Um, so one of the things I like to do is sponsor uh, teams, right? So I'll do like sitting elementary fourth, fifth, sixth grade boys and girls basketball team. And one of the things I, I'll like instead of them having a Nike. Logo on their stuff, they'll put a dub St. John's on it. Yeah. I'll buy their uniforms and got dubs on it. And so the kids go, Oh, that's, we, we we're with dubs. Yeah. You know what so I mean? Who the hell's dubs? Yeah, yeah, but they know they, who I am. They'll figure it out. Because yeah. I'm, I'm meeting with them and their right. parents bring them to the restaurant and they're like, He's the one that's that's his name on your uniform. And then the kids get to see the space. And, you know, I'm a man of color and sometimes these kids of color go, Holy shit. Oh, I Didn't know that could be possible. Yeah, right that you can do that that you can do that. Yeah, you know Uh, like and then So uh, I like to just donate money. I do fundraisers for like some uh, Family in the neighborhood their house burned down right and so we just do a fried chicken fundraiser raise all the money We can to give a hundred percent. That's what my thing is hashtag give a hundred percent give all the proceeds from all the sales to that family you know, or if a kid gets hit by a car, we do fundraisers for that kind of stuff. You know, uh, that's my way to be able to give back. I don't got a lot of money. I'm I'm trying to get to a point where I'm like, you know, rich. What yeah, you got it going on? Where I yeah. got it straight but, going on. But, but you're
0: but you're you're doing all right, and yeah. uh, and you're giving back. I'm telling you, man. When I was young, I was like, "Who's gonna give anybody anything?" <laughs> what are you talking about? Exactly. As I got older, well, it wasn't as I got older; it was as I got to a certain point where I said, "Wow, I discovered something great. I I found the magic sauce for me. Mm-hmm. I wish I could give it to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how you feel when. And uh, I believe you. You feel the same way, mm-hmm. and um, you, know, you do it with the kids and whoever. I I had found the same thing, and I was. I was blessed with Dave's killer bread when I first uh, put my story on the back of the bag. I'm like,
2: I was impressed,
0: bro. Did you? Were you Man, aware of it I, back then, bro? I was really impressed. When I did that, I, I was like um, I didn't know I didn't have any idea what, that what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Of Were course, you scared I had, to
2: do it? Kind of at first, like, um, because that's pretty bearing your well, soul. I was proud of it.
0: I was proud of the fact that I had figured it out in my mm-hmm. life, and I felt like it was worth sharing. Mm-hmm. So at that in that in that moment. I didn't realize that it was going to be commercially so powerful, mm-hmm. but I did think that my story mattered. Right. And uh, I got a lot of stories to tell about that, but, um, you know, eventually within a couple of years, I was getting so much, uh, so many requests to speak. I was on radio like you, mm-hmm. uh, TV, all the different things that we do. Um, and I was just so blessed. I didn't make hardly any money for a long time, but right. I was happy as hell because I was giving back what I had found. Sure, and um, that you know that's the thing about money is is that doesn't is doesn't make it make it work that doesn't mm-hmm. make you happy it really doesn't uh, in fact for me it was almost tripped me up for a little while okay but I'm, I'm okay now yeah yeah so I, I wish you I wish you
2: you know money but don't forget this great stuff you got man we live in a in a capitalistic society man and money is a necessary thing You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just read in the newspaper yesterday that you have to work 49 hours and make 22 something dollars per hour to be able to afford a studio apartment in Portland. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, hearing money's, you know, it's part of our lives, it's important, but it's not the main thing. Mm -hmm. It's not the main
0: thing. Well, it's not the the thing that is going to make you successful. mm -hmm. I mean, um, that's not a sign of success. Well, it's a sign of success. It's not the sign of success because you can have money and be miserable yeah, There's terms of people do that yeah. jumping off bridges and got millions. That's right I mean you, know? you look at you look at uh, the gentleman. Uh, what was his name? Just uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh my god, man Robin Williams yeah. back before that. I mean really There's a whole list of them, man. Yeah. yeah, so you know, we don't understand all that I tell you what um, I was very suicidal growing up really? uh, I was suicidal in prison and uh, never quite was able to pull it, you know when it was the night the, the the little blades a little big razor mm-hmm, blades mm-hmm. I was like man. That's I'll fuck that up. I'll fuck up suicide. <laughs> You're right yeah, It's too short because I mean I'm a big guy the little blade doesn't yeah. look very scary. Yeah, so anyway um, never quite did that and uh, but but it's funny how how things are not as they seem and um, Myself th- you know I, I made the money, and then things changed. And the the beautiful relationship I had with my bread and my brand and everything that I was doing kind of started changing to something else. And, uh, you know, I was drinking all the time and so forth. And uh, drinking and me, mm, it was very agreeable for a while, mm. but in the end, no. So, um, you know, after the, the money and... Uh, uh, and sort of the fame that I had mm-hmm. I really didn't want it to go to my head but it kind of did you know and I'm not talking about me I'm I'm trying to relate to you my friend
2: right um so I always even through the drug induced periods I always ended up having money mm-hmm. right yeah was a lot of illegal gotten gains, mm. but I always had money, and then I started figuring out that money is abundant around us yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? So it's not really about the money, right. right? And don't so don't stress over it, right? I've never. I mean, I'm 54 years old, and I haven't died from not paying a bill, right? And they always get paid, yeah, right. So take I mean, care of business you yeah. take care of your business man, and you, you I mean, you know, you just kind of like ha- set your priorities, you know for me and um, and things will work out Well, let uh, me
0: ask you um, so this backtrack just a little bit to yeah. when you got out of prison I mean how many did you just go
2: once? How no, man. I was like <laughs> so, so I have a uh, Full uh, F type liquor license right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you have to go through a process to uh, in the application to get that. Now I had done so much shit in my life that I was really nervous about going in and applying for that, this thing. I was like, "Ah, oh, damn, this is not gonna work." But then I thought to myself, like, as soon as I said that, I was like, "Yes, it is." Yeah. As
1: soon Did as you, I said
2: it's not gonna work, go I to said, yourself. "I said yes, it is." Yeah. So. I went down to the state of Oregon, the state police and I got the file from them and I went and I got the file from the city of Portland and Multnomah County, man it was an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> it was big, bro. I was like, I didn't even know that I had been arrested. That it looks so times, much bro. worse, probably, than it really is, too. I oh mean, man, it, no man, it was just like that. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like a couple of inches of stuff. Right? They, it, is that by arrest or by conviction? Well, no, it's like mostly arrest. Yeah, because you know, I, I get a terrible one like that too. <laughs> yeah, but it's the appearance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know. What even though that? you, you know, shit, I got arrested for jogging. In Portland, I was actually literally jogging down the street and got arrested. But you were jogging and smoking the joints. No, nah, I wasn't doing none of that <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? You used to do I, it, you I was like, like and I got arrested. You know, i got—I got arrested for having joints on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Of course, little you know, stuff, but little stuff. You know, being in the wrong place at the wrong at this party at two, three in the morning, some shit jumps off, and then boom—you're you, in the paddy wagon or whatever. You know, yeah. so. I had this big old pile of stuff. And, and this was how long after you were released from prison? Yeah, this is like, you know, way, like, like, way long time, right? Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to look at, yeah.
0: you know? Um, sure. Now, um, okay, so we were kind of getting at, you, you did a lot of time, quite mm-hmm. a bit of time, right?
2: Yeah, in and out.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. so you did, you did that time and um, you got out of prison. So what was the first six months like? Well, you Dave,
1: Dave can, can we go back to uh, him getting to the end of his story there? I'm kind of curious about that, okay. about getting your license, oh. your liquor license.
2: Oh, okay. So, um, so what happened was um, going through that process was kind of uh, eye-opening, right, because of me seeing— Actually, like I knew I had been arrested. But I didn't really remember how many times what for whatever, so some sure. you know you get those applications like have you been arrested or you have a felony or whatever and I'm like, oh, yeah, but i don't I don't really know because it was kind of like a fog hmm. real literally, right sure. but um, after going through that and the, and I finally the lady called me and told me that I got approved for the liquor license, hmm. I knew that. All the things that I had done since I had got out of jail. Mattered. Had mattered. Yeah. Well, you know, Dub,
1: that's why I wanted you to finish that is because, you know, the listeners, you know, we have guys that are getting out of prison. They're listening to our show. They're going to face roadblocks every day. Oh, yeah. So I wanted you to say, you know, finish that story because you know what? It's everything's possible. Look where Dave is. Look Mm -hmm. where Dub is. Look, you know, I'm sitting here today with you guys. So, you know, those roadblocks that we think are there, sometimes they're really not.
0: That's right. And that's also why I wanted to know. What was it like the
2: first six months, first year? What matters about that? You know, okay, so that, that the the final time that I had did it, uh, it was uh, I was on uh, I did three and a half out of five, right? And um, the whole time I was just thinking, I'm gonna start a business, you know, and. Uh, you know, you have those programs while you're in jail. They, at least they used to. Yeah, tell and us then, about and those. The, the lady. So I'm taking this. Oh, yeah. I'm taking this business class, and and the lady goes, "Well, what do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to have five businesses." Which joint were you? At? This was happened to be in Virginia. Oh, okay. Right. Thanks. <clears throat> uh, um, no, no, it was a, it was a state thing. you okay. know. I don't um, want to get too too far down that rabbit hole, but yeah. yeah. But so the lady goes, uh, "No, that's too ambitious." Hmm. Well, and I was thinking in my head I was like nah it's just like easy you know it's not going to be easy you but can yeah, I, I can I can see that yeah. you know what I mean um, so um, getting out after being in that time was it was a little scary mm-hmm. right yeah. um, because you know what you talk about when you get out you talk about your experiences right Yeah. and you find yourself trying to relate to people that don't have a Clue, yeah, you know, so that was hard. Um, so uh, trying to uh, make new memories, right? Yeah. Trying to. Um, uh, Involve yourself in the outer community, in this in this new society that you've been in, right? Because jail's a society, too. Sure. Right? And you have to, like, adapt and learn how to be in that. Yeah. So you have to do the same thing when you get back out. You have to, like, learn how to be out here with the regular public, yeah. the people that don't know shit about of that, being in jail.
0: And that begins while you're in prison. You're you're like, okay, I want to adapt. I want to fit in. And I want to be able to make something happen out there.
2: Yeah, but you're, like, years behind. Mm-hmm. No matter how much TV you watch and all that yeah. kind of stuff, you are literally light years behind mean? everybody that's out in here doing stuff. What, I mean, you get out and they've got like these phones that you can look at your face on and talk to people on a telephone. Yeah, it's a different you know? world. It's uh, a totally I mean, different world. From
0: the time we got out of prison, things have changed a lot too. Oh, and sure. So it's like if you, even if you came, um, if you went to sleep for 10 years and you weren't in prison, well, yeah. you'd, you'd still be in a weird ass place. When exactly. you Exactly. So, uh, but I, I wanted to say that while you were in prison, Mm -hmm. you, you made a good point. There wasn't a lot of opportunity. It didn't sound like there was a lot of opportunity to get ready for getting out.
2: Mm -mm. I mean, it's really a lot on the individual, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. It's a lot on the individual. You, You know, it's what you choose to read, what you choose to involve yourself with while you're there. You know, how are you, like, preparing yourself to be able to transition from being incarcerated to being free? And who
1: you hang out with.
2: Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, because birds of a feather, right? You're going to flock. You're going to do what you're... uh, what their environment you're in is going to kind of dictate, right? So finding uh, a way to separate that is one, get yourself a job. You know? While you're in prison? No, when you get out. When you get out, yeah. You know get get a job and that's going to start building those new set of memories a new set of behaviors for you to be able to interact and start to uh, get towards your goals or what you're trying to do but do, do,
1: don't you think it goes back a little further than that I mean you know sure. you say get a job when you get out mm-hmm. but you know what get a job when you're in sure you, you know that's where all really begins that's where the change is gonna start and what do you do with your time while you're in there now we're talking to the we're talking
0: to the folks who really how do you prepare yourself for getting out and and doing
2: something good, hmm, yeah. Did uh, you do that? Uh, well, yeah, because I'm a reader. I've yeah. always been a reader. Like part of my punishment when I was a kid was to read the dictionary. Yeah, right. My mom. Good would stuff. Like, you read from a a to a z. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? It's, that's a lot of bunch of words in there, and then like writing all the definitions down and all that kind of stuff. So wow. reading, right, would help me. Uh, it helped me escape being physically incarcerated. I would not to let my mind be incarcerated. What did? What kind of stuff did you read? I mean, everything, man. Everything. I, I'm, I'm like. Did you find some books on
0: business and stuff while you're in there?
2: Or? Um, not really. I didn't really read. I I read for fantasy, uh-huh. right? For creativity. I, uh-huh. I like to write. Like I'm like I said, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're a creative person, right. an artist. So I would read stuff that would um, take place in Paris, right, or stuff that would take place in D.C., and it would allow me to kind of like learn the city because these guys are writing like uh, authors actually go and research the place that they're writing about so that it's realistic, right? So they're telling you all this stuff, and I started learning about, I don't know, different occupations from reading. Mm -hmm. Right, and and it helped me to just expand um, my uh, expand the area of where I wanted to possibly go. Yeah, you know, with my life. And you were, uh, you know, you you met all this with a good heart. Your heart was already in the right place for where you were going. Well, you know what? Like uh, they say, like the prodigal son, you're always going to return to what you were learned as a kid right That's what I did. yeah so my mom and my grandma they're like they instilled some some um, some morals and values within you as a kid that you know I still live by today mm-hmm. you know and but then like I say we grow up and we become start to become ourselves and we're during our search for, our, for ourselves sometimes we'll go astray we'll Just go stumble. down yeah, and you stumble. Fall down fall 27 down.
0: times, get up 28. Damn right, bro. <laughs> <do you> <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm still on 28 right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm on 28. I'm on 27, I think. I'm a little behind you, maybe. I'm uh,
2: so, uh, still 29. You know?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, today's uh, episode of Felony Inc. is brought to you by Publicize. That's a new one. We got a new one this week. A uh, P- Publicize is a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. They offer comprehensive PR services, and Publicize becomes a member of your team and can promote multiple PR announcements monthly. Check them out at publicize.co
1: and tell them Dave and Lad and Dub sent you. That's right. <laughs> hey, Dave, hmm? um, uh, is there any questions coming up on, on, our, on your Facebook uh, to ask Dub?
0: There probably is. Does anybody have any good uh, questions? Um, have you seen any, Angel? Because everybody's just kind of talking smack wow. on here that I can see. Come on, folks. Let's see. Let's get it.
1: Gerald or Gerald. David or Gerald Rodriguez?
0: Okay, you. that's a nice comment. Yeah. I want a question. Somebody send me a question. Uh, there's a lot of good comments on here. Oh, what can a disabled person with a record get help with? How can he? Can I be of help to other people? When uh, oh, oh, this sounds a little bit. Uh, I should read these before I do it. <laughs> this sounds a little. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Kayla's on there. Kayla, hey Kayla. Hey Kayla. Kayla, does
1: anybody have a good question? All
0: right, let's move on.
1: Well, you know, um, I was wondering if uh, there's any way that uh, Dub. Can you uh, do a fundraiser uh, to help Dave stop playing with himself? <laughs> we can raise enough money, and it's an incentive. I think
2: I think that would be cool. You know, I, I would love to do a fundraiser with Dave. Yeah, Dave. I, it'd be fun because we
0: both um, are believers in the same principles. Yes, and man. we've we've turned those around for ourselves.
1: Well, you and know, others, and others. we have the Killer Granddaddies. We do a lot of charities. Okay. So maybe um, the next time something significant comes up where you're going to try and raise some money, we can come out there and jam out your business. Yeah, that would We can do awesome. some
0: stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Now, here I do have a question from a former uh, guest on our show, Todd T.W. Brown, the author of uh, some great... Remember the... the yeah. Uh, the horror, the, the horror guy, yeah. the zombie guy? zombie guy, zombie, zombie. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Um, when did you make your plan for success, and what was the hardest part of making it happen? Mm.
2: I always wanted to be successful. Um, one of my things, my mom taught me is like, be the best at whatever you do, whatever that is. Um, so, um, my plan is like, okay figure out what it is and just go at it until people like it <laughs> yeah. you know if people you uh, keep testing uh, keep you do. testing yeah. you know so it, i'll say with like music right if i love it you're probably gonna like it you know with my food all the every single item that's on the menu was my favorite if i didn't like eat that shit four or five days in a row like whoa, this is delicious. Yeah. It it never made it to the right. Menu. It was killer. it has got to killer. killers the same deal and the
0: um, The thing is I bet you didn't go. Oh god, it's too expensive uh, You know people you just make them pay for it. And yeah people are willing to pay for the good stuff They're
2: right? willing to pay for the good stuff, but I you know what actually as of late I've been uh, in a dilemma about that a little mm-hmm. bit okay. because the prices of All of our commodities are rising so much. And, you know, and I deal with, like, fluctuating egg prices, right? One day I'll go in and I'll buy uh, 15 dozen eggs, and there's, like, $13. And then the next day I might go in there and it's actually... Forty-seven dollars. Well, I can't turn around that's and go right back to the restaurant and raise the price of cornbread to from a dollar fifty to three dollars. Mm. It's gonna like scare the customers. They're you. gonna be mad, you know. But that's like real stuff to deal with because, uh, like right now, with the way that uh, these tariffs and all that uh, trade stuff that's going on with China and Canada, Canada and all that yeah. stuff, that is really affecting the way that we I'm gonna be able to have to price. The menu, hmm. because pork is changing, right? I sell a ton of, of smoked spare ribs and pulled pork sandwiches and stuff, right? But if the pork rises like to where I can't afford it, what what am I supposed to do? Well, hopefully this stuff will get kind of worked out, and uh, you know it'll normalize after a while. It's pretty. It's a that's a big um, impact. It's a big that's, jar. A, that's a big deal. That wages. Mm. You know? Yeah. Wages are going to go from uh, what they are, ten twenty five an hour right now, to jump to uh, $15 an hour? Yeah, that's what it's going to take, just to pay, just to stay alive. Just to stay just alive. Just for, for an employee. For the employee. But for an employer, it's another matter. It's a whole other matter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it makes a difference. And I care about my employees. So, you know?
1: that's a question I have for you, Doug. You know, you... Got your second chance in life, Mm -hmm. you know. You you came around, and Dave did this a lot at the bakery too. So
0: and Lad, by the way, did twenty years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, tell us a little story, maybe of somebody who came into you looking for a second chance. Um.
2: You know. He says, "Fuck that!" I I, I ain't gonna look these guys. (laughs) It's not that, man. I try to give everyone a chance, and I I really don't like firing people. Mm -hmm. I do. So, so you pick right. I try to pick right. Yeah. You know, I I go through my my interview process, and I try to pick a person that you know has the right skill set, of course, right? And people that I feel like are team players are going to be able to integrate with my team, and you know, because we're for like more of a family there, right? Um, and it's, so I don't know. I just try to give the the people that come an opportunity to make a living. You know, um, and it's really difficult uh, sometimes because uh, in the beginning it seems like they're all about uh, themselves and you, right, your business, but it doesn't turn out that way all the time. So,
1: is is the price of living a little lower in Saint John's than it is? Oh no, man. (laughs) Heck no! I didn't know. No, so St. John's was out of the way. Over
2: the last four years, yeah, just go the, over Stuff has mix. skyrocketed. It's like living in the Pearl. Just go a couple miles and get it cheaper, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't work. That's what you think. It used yeah. to be like that. Well, St. John's was this place where you know it was like a lot of low income housing and everything. Man, it's uh, mm. eleven fifty for a studio apartment out there too. And that's a mixed. That's a mixed.
0: Um, It's a a mixed thing because uh, You know as Portland grows, Mm -hmm. you know, there's more money here and there's more stuff happening, right? Uh, At the same time it kind of hurts some of the people who are on low income sure stuff, so uh, That's another thing about you know, go out Do what you got to do get get you a better job and work at it, you know, it's uh, sometimes like I, I lived in my mom's garage when I got out, didn't mm-hmm. have anything, and I didn't have anything for years mm-hmm. but i did I was able to buy a car and I worked for uh, twelve bucks then fifteen bucks and I worked fifteen for fifteen bucks an hour for for a couple years That's all I needed
2: because yeah. um, you had a dream you didn't yeah. know where you were trying to go That's, and that's, right. that's, that's like I didn't spend too. my time blowing money Mm-mm.
0: so uh you know Chelsea. Has asked a question, and uh, she's basically asking what kind of structure you have in your life. Obviously, you got the work routine, uh, you got the family. Um, you do give back things. Uh,
2: so, have I covered it, or what's your structure? Yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, that is the structure. Uh, you know, owning a business, um, you you end up living the business. You know, I do, man, <laughs> you live that. So it, it drives and you love it and you, it, and you hate it. Yes. You know what I mean? And because um, y- your time isn't really your time anymore. Your time is spent figuring out how to make the business successful because you have a whole lot of people that are depending on you, you know, and so how many employees do you have? I just have 15 right now, you know, because I only have one location, but. Um, I look like to expand. I'd like to have um, a, a franchise. You know, that's that's the goal—to mm. be able to replicate what I do across the country.
0: It's uh, a good name. Uh, the name's good too, um, and, and it looks good. Food looks good. Oh, thanks. Man. And we're coming up to try it out soon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, maybe this weekend. Are you open this weekend? Yeah, we're open. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we still have tickets, don't we? Don't we, Angel? We can have as many tickets. Oh, okay. So anybody that pretty much anybody that um, that chimes in here or comes in hashtag Harveys, uh, hashtag Harveys, hashtag Harveys, uh, and uh, you know do that, and we're gonna we're gonna hook you up with tickets to Gallagher tonight. And um, even throughout the day, if you want to just uh, PM us, PM me, I will make sure you get some tickets. This is gonna be cool tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna be there too. And I think maybe Dub's going to be there. I'm going to
2: try, but it is Friday night at the yeah. restaurant. Well, there's it's Saturday, every, too. Yeah, yeah, we can do there's that.
1: There's Saturday, but there's two different showings. Okay. And you're welcome to come to either one. But okay. they have, Angel, what time are the Seven showings? 7.30 and 10. Oh, probably do that 10 o'clock show. Okay. And then tomorrow yeah. night,
0: it's 7.30 and 10. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get back to this. We only have a few minutes left. Um, what do you. Says hello. Hey, Michelle. Hey, who, Michelle. Michelle, who? Who's Michelle? Uh, I've never heard of her. <laughs> um, hi, Michelle. I love you. That's your significant other brother.: yeah, she's
1: my other significant other. you're my first one. That's right.' <laughs> you're the first one I ever had. Um, well yeah, you know the, the reason why Dave was happy when he first got out was because he stole my girlfriend. <laughs> And you've been with her for how long you've been with her now. Yeah, you wish. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, sucker. Okay. Um, do, you, do you have anything to say there,
1: my friend? Yeah, well, I'm interested in uh-huh. what you're doing with your music right now.
2: So, man, um, I actually moved to a, a little production studio into my office just recently, and I've just been making beats and, and kind of, like, formulating ideas and stuff. Um, I've got a lot of... Stuff I wanted to say. My friends want me to to keep doing the weed music, but um, I don't know. It's like I'm always constantly changing, like I said earlier. And so I'm list. I've got some other stuff that I kind of want to talk about, and and the new project, but I don't have a name for it just yet, or I haven't even really written anything down. I just, I'm like a prolific beat maker, dude. I awesome. make I, like some days I might just make like 15 different ones. You know, I just make them, and then I'll take like the, all the best out of a right. couple of hundred, and then I'll like, okay, these are the 10, and I'm gonna write to what speaks to me. What program are music. you using? I use the machine of micro, uh, and right then on. I like record vocals in uh, Logic 10. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. So if I was to bust a beat for you right now, could you? Uh you uh, sort of you start of
0: freestyling
2: off the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is how we could do it. That Latt would be a good Latt, last
0: four minutes Latt right here. You can do the bust to beat. You could uh, r- rap over it. <laughs> and when you're rapping, do plug yourself to whatever you want to do because we got to do that too.
2: Okay.
1: One, right. two, three, four. Uh,
2: uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Uh,
1: uh,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, Friday felony podcast, Killer Dave. Yeah, we up in the podcast. I'm feeling myself, DUB. I got yeah. to f- everything that you wanna eat. Yeah. If you wanna come out to Dove St. John's, get your ribs and your pranks on. <laughs> everything that we about to say is gonna be all good today. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, <dude. laughs> all right.
0: Yeah, that, that was that was that was a treat for me. I don't know anybody else like that. Anybody else like that out there? Come on, try man, no freestyler man. I just oh, you know. I thought that was cool. I thought it was I real like cool. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was great. So but, uh, Joyce, Joyce uh, Linscott just uh, meowed at us. Uh, wow. hi Joyce. It's been a while since I've seen you. Lots of good people on here today. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, we have like a minute or two left, and uh, God damn, that was pretty cool. Oh <laughs> shit! So, so uh, anyway, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna plug my friend a little bit and my new friend uh, William Dub Travis, yes, the yes. third. Uh, who man, this guy is a man after my own heart, or maybe before. I don't know who figured it out first, but uh, we both figured out something figured pretty it cool, out, man. And I mean, we we got the secret sauce, and it's the sauce that makes you a happy man, makes you a good man, mm-hmm. uh, makes you want to make a difference. That's right. And uh, so, you know, Dub is has has a uh, um, what is it called again? At top of my head, it's Dub's. Uh,
2: Dub's Waffle House. Dub St. John's. So, uh, yeah, Dub St. John's.
0: Dub St. John's, and just go to that website because the food. DubStJohns.com. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. and once you see that, you're gonna want to go. I'm, I'm going. Um,
2: maybe I'll see you there. Yeah, man. And you guys can follow us on Instagram at Dub St. John's, and you know, check us out on Facebook at Dub St. John's too.
0: Yeah, all those all those good places. Those that, good uh, you don't do Twitter or nothing. Like that. I do Twitter. At
2: Dub St. John's.
0: Yeah, there <laughs> it is. There. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Lad, do you have anything else to say?
1: Well, you know, I dub. Yes. Pr- proud of you for you know for doing what you're doing. Thank Keep you. Keep doing it. Um, you know, proud of you for uh, taking care of your local children. Thank you. Great thing, man. Ever...
0: His own children, and he and others. You know, he cares about
1: kids. Obviously. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, their kids are the future. That's where you man. start. That's kids what, are
2: the future, man.
1: Mm-hmm. And they like, you know, they like uh, ribs too, you know. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they
2: sure do. They love my chicken and waffles, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, that's enough out of you, lad. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to thank. Oh, for, man, this has been cool, dude.
2: Dude, I thank you for <laughs> having me on here, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Really, I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to thank uh, th- thank you
0: um, out there. I want to thank you guys for joining us this week on Felony Inc. podcast mm-hmm. with Dave That's me. And uh, I really want to thank our cool uh, man after my own heart guest William Dub Travis III, the third, so, Three. Uh, like Winston, like uh, like uh, Thurston Hall the third, right? Like Thurston. <laughs> <laughs> Join us this and every week live at 10 a.m. Pacific time at StartupRadioNetwork.com. If you don't join us live, we may visit your house late at night when you're least expecting it. And guess what? What will we do, lad? We're going to make them listen. Breaking and entering lad's ass.
1: This will be full-on breaking and listening. Ouch. And coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your host, Edgar Navas and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so que pasa. Que pasa. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch.